0: Welcome to the Before You Buy or Sell a Business podcast, where we help buyers and sellers learn more about the acquisition process, discuss recent transactions, and stay up to date on the latest news in the market. Here's your host, Jared Johnson.
1: All right, so excited today. I've got uh, Rob Litchfield here. You know, Thanks for coming on the show. I'm happy to be here. Thank you, Jared. Yeah, I'm happy to talk to you. Um, so you've you've acquired several businesses. You've actually referred me business, which is great. I really appreciate that. So maybe we can dive into first kind of your background. Where'd you grow up, went to college, that kind of stuff.
0: Certainly. I grew up in uh, Southern Utah in near St. George. I went to college when I was in high school, but I never, I went on a Mormon mission. A lot of people from Utah are LDS. I went on a Mormon mission to uh, Massachusetts. I came back. Yeah, you, didn't, you didn't get to go overseas at all? No, <laughs>
1: All right. didn't learn any different
0: languages. I, I huh? learned. I, I learned that it was cold in Massachusetts in yeah. the wintertime. You know, you didn't gain the uh, the Northeast accent. <laughs> no, no. Um, my mission president was actually the baseball player Del Murphy, though. Oh wow! Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, he was great, great guy. But um, and then I came back, went to college for a little while, got married, and then I went to work at a bank in Seattle. Okay. And I was there for like a year. I was it was a commercial bank, and then I moved back to Utah. And I uh, worked with my father and like doing financial business to business. After like 2012, I kind of took it easy. So I moved to Mexico and I lived on the beach. Nice. And Which uh, city did you live in in Mexico? It, it, Puerto Penasco. Okay. It's a the coolest beach town nobody's ever heard of. No, there's, there's one guy
1: I know... Um, uh, I knew from the boating industry, he actually moved there oh, okay. for a little while. Yeah. And I would see him on a, on Instagram kind of pop up and then I, I actually looked up that town. So yeah, I know where it is,
0: but you know, anybody else want to check it out? <laughs> the the cool thing about Puerto Penasco, and they call it Rocky point as mm-hmm. well is, um, it's like three and a half hour drive from Phoenix or yeah. from Tucson and you can drive in and keep your American car. Mm. And so you don't have any of those kind of issues. Yeah, and then you can stay there it's basically like a free trade zone area 60 miles from the border and a lot of american expats or americans have condos and mm-hmm. so i lived in this great place for a fraction of what it would have cost anywhere else and uh, i mostly lived there because i had kids part of the time i was a single parent so i ha- i was able to afford a nanny where mm-hmm. I, at yeah. the time in america i would not have been able to And so it was more like a lifestyle thing. And then I realized I was going to run out of money because you can only do that for so long, right? (laughs) even though it's not expensive. It's just like, you know, I was relatively young. I always liked the FedEx independent service provider model. Mm -hmm. It's one of those companies that is always going to kind of be there. It's an infrastructural thing as far as almost every company deals with a company like FedEx Mm -hmm. in some way or another and at the time uh this was like in 2016 it was very 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 competitive Mm -hmm. and the issue was there were not very many banks that were doing sba loans right and so um like when i do an offer on one i did an offer on one and it was like i started going through the process and started even talking to the loan officers like oh is sba approved blah 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 i guess it's more through the, the banks or whatever and um I spent all this time on it. And then he just called me. He's like, uh, you're out. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm out. I signed the LOA and he's like, uh, well, so did like two other people and (laughs) this other guy already got it approved. So sorry. I was like, what? Yeah. That that happens. Yeah. It's funny with
1: FedEx. So, I want to say it was like 2014, I started getting requests for them, and nobody could really understand if we were allowed to do them, because with the SBA, you need to have a a franchise agreement that has to be approved by the SBA. But we kept looking at it and saying, this is not a franchise, it's a license agreement. So what we ended up doing was reaching out to the legal counsel with SBA and confirming with them that it was not a franchise. So they went through the whole process and determined it was a licensing agreement, which then opened the doors for us to be able to do SBA loans for it and then it just went crazy because it was like i'd say the first year and a half two years it was kind of quiet and i, and I kind of liked it because i was uh-huh. doing a bunch of deals and no one really knew about it and then all of a sudden it just went nuts and so you probably got wrapped up in that extremely competitive environment and then i felt like it did that for like five years straight mm-hmm. where the the multiples kept going up and then people were fighting over them and fedex would give out a, a new you know route and then six months later they're trying to sell it for 300 grand and it was it was crazy so yeah you got wrapped up in that crazy time i guess
0: i i feel very fortunate about the fedex timing and everything i i bought 26 routes wow. i grew it to over 70. wow yeah that's um, big and you know the five years before i sold started selling off mm-hmm. chunks it's a great business to learn from for most people i would not recommend fedex mm-hmm. there's not enough control over mm-hmm. the business. I had s- several contracts. It, you could see one contract from another makes all the difference. Doesn't matter how well you operate it. If you have a bad contract, you're not going to make a lot of money. Mm. And so the for me, the upside was early on, I had some pretty good contracts. Uh, later they started, and I think they've done this systemically, mm-hmm. they've started lowering the the rates of, um, remuneration and they've they've made it very, very difficult to make good profit and scale it. Yeah. Now it's like owner operator, ten routes, you can probably make a living, but you can't do what I did where you have thirty thirty routes, forty routes and have a manager and be semi absentee and not have to be delivering boxes.
1: Yeah, yeah. I noticed I noticed that kind of went that way. I mean there I would say at the peak was probably 2017 2018 i was doing i don't know 30 million a year and in, in just fedex at least wow. and you started to kind of notice them changing things and and some of it was good some of it wasn't you know you you did have people with 100 routes that were kind of almost taking over the terminal and controlling it a little bit too much and fedex didn't like that yeah. um you had a lot of turnover with the routes and then people were kind of getting into the business that probably shouldn't have. And so I think FedEx wanted to take back control, um, of it. So yeah, we had some, some challenges with, with some of the deals on them. But, um, now I think somebody called me maybe a month ago about a FedEx route and I almost forgot even how to look at them. Um, and so we kind of dove into it and looked at it a little bit and I don't know if we'll be able to do it, but yeah, it's
0: definitely slowed down now. So in my opinion, they made a couple really, Bad decisions. So they had what was called smart post, mm-hmm. which they they were still making money on it, and it was through the United States Postal Service, and it was the low volume ship mm-hmm. shipments, and they took that in house, mm-hmm. which was like, why would you do that? Right. And what they did is they took it in house, and then they would come to us, independent service providers, and they said, oh well, now you have density, so now you can do so many stops and whatever. And so they basically cut our pay drastically. Ah. And then COVID happened and it was a huge boon for us. But then SmartPost was like, not a, we did more stuff, but we made less money per stop. Right. And so I think um, that, and then they forced us to do Sunday deliveries, which mm-hmm. like in my case, I had a lot of, I was in central Pennsylvania, right. but I had a lot of rural stuff. So even though it's the cities, it was like very rural. Mm-hmm. And so you're not able to um, basically do the density Right, so that was difficult. Now they've since clawed back the Sunday deliveries. Now my areas, I've sold mo- most of them, but my areas now don't have to do Sunday delivery, which makes a huge difference because when you're running seven days a week, you can't ever have a break. Right. So you need more employees. Yeah, you, you need employees that you wouldn't otherwise have just yeah. for the weekend. You're like, oh, I can't afford. You know, I don't think it's a it's a terrible investment, but if if someone was to look in FedEx you would have to be wanting it as an owner operator and not as like what i was doing as a sim mm-hmm. sem, semi mo, i was absentee but a, a semi absentee owner because there's just not the, the the scale and the volume in it like there used to be
1: yeah you can't make the margin you were making before where it made sense so yeah it makes sense so okay so you still have a little bit of that left um i know you were kind of telling me earlier about uh, a situation where you picked up some routes um I think there was some real good info in there that we could probably dissect that would sure. give people
0: uh, some be, good advice sure so maybe tell about that so there's a couple ways to purchase businesses and the best way in my opinion is through the sba because you have someone like yourself who knows a lot more than the you know than even most people buying a business what to look for what not to look for and so you have that added benefit i don't know mm. what the what the SBA default rate is. I, I, I read or heard something that like was like less than 2%, something like that. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's And especially lately, it's it's really gone down. I think
0: we're like less than half a percent
1: within our whole bank.
0: So, yeah. It's really so good. to acquire a business, there's a lot of benefit in doing an SBA loan, e- even if you had the cash, because you have a really seasoned professional looking at it, is this a good risk? Because the bank's basically your partner. Mm-hmm. I was already in the FedEx space And so I was aware of how they operated and I got my brother into FedEx as well. And so he and I teamed up with the lady in Maryland to buy a lady's business in Maryland on a seller finance deal. So we, in essence, instead of going through the channels of the SBA, we gave her like a quarter of a million dollars and we made monthly payments and we agreed that in three years we would. Pay, the whole pay, thing pay off. her off,
1: okay. And then how'd that go?
0: <laughs> well, um, I had to be careful because we're on the podcast. In my opinion, we were defrauded. Okay,
1: so I guess maybe a better question would be if if you could go back and and do it again, or you had advice for somebody that was looking
0: into the business, what things would you have done differently? So that business was difficult because she made it appear that she had health problems. Mm. And at the time, FedEx was still growing rapidly, so it was not such a a bad situation. And I had talked to some experts kind of in the industry, besides being in the industry myself, I had talked to some experts, and they they said, basically, if they have a decent fleet, basically 70% of annual gross revenue is the way to go. Mm -hmm. And she had $3.2 million in gross revenue. And so it was like $2,240,000. And so Mm -hmm. we said, okay. And she said, I have mostly new trucks. And we actually checked around because we we were somewhat close. We knew Mm -hmm. some of the same people. And they said, oh, she's got a decent fleet and has a decent business. So we basically just pulled the trigger on it. We bought the, the margins correctly. And so my viewpoint at the time was there's not much risk because we're buying, if you know the business, you know the margins, which is another reason it's better to work with an SBA because you would probably know what margins and what kind of industries make sense and which ones are complete. Yeah, yeah, we see a lot of of deals, so yeah. So in essence, she moved the vehicles after we purchased the business before we took over. Mm. And so I'm quite positive we're going to get into a litigation situation on that uh i'm confident we will win because she clearly defrauded us yeah Yeah. that's frustrating
1: yeah Yeah. we had a a a deal this this was probably eight years ago maybe nine years ago uh with fedex guy came to me he bought i want to say he had i don't even know how many routes probably 50 routes back then all all, uh line he um oh line hall wow yeah and he wanted to buy uh another you know, another one out. I don't know how many routes it was. And then he also wanted to refinance his trucks. Um, so we did the loan for him to acquire the new one and then we refinanced his trucks and it was, it was something like 60 trucks. Well, we closed on the loan. We kept calling the bank, um, to get the titles for the trucks and they would just give us a runaround. So the, the individual that we did the loan for bragged to another operator that he, took all the trucks and sold them at auction and took the money because the bank that he was working with that we paid off gave him the titles. So they call me and go, Hey, I will give you some info here. You know, you've been great. I wanted to let you know what's going on. So we called them up and said, Hey, you need to come down here and, and bring us a check for half a million dollars tomorrow. Um, we know what you did and he showed up with a check so it was <laughs> it was pretty crazy but yeah you can learn a lot um in due diligence with the vehicles and you know a lot of times now we use a third party to transfer vehicles because it, it helps kind of eliminate some of that it's expensive but mm-hmm. it it definitely helps out
0: so there's always a lot of lessons to learn on every deal you look at yeah no uh you know and i paid off my my first sba loan for the for the fedex when was i uh-huh. i sold some of my my routes and so I owned a bunch of vehicles. And some of them, I don't know if we even still have title, even though we went oh, through a bank. It's, like, it's just so complicated sometimes. Yeah. We're like, hey, we need a title. So we have to go to PennDOT, yep. is Pennsylvania Department. So um, the Maryland situation wasn't o- owner-financed. There was no recourse. So it was kind of one of these higher-risk higher reward kind of things right and we'll still be okay because i'm going to renegotiate with the seller or litigate and i have an excellent attorney and and i think the evidence will show that you know we weren't treated fairly and i'm positive it will probably cost less to litigate than it would to be to buy the routes right or she can give me the money back yeah. And then at that point in time I'm not out anything. Right. You know? so. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. I yeah. I think it's good for people to
1: understand that not every deal is perfect and goes well. It seems like a lot of the information you see on Twitter and, you know, out in the world when people are talking about business acquisitions or ETA or whatever they're calling it this week, you know, it it's just a lot of great positive things like buy a business it's easy you know it it just runs itself and you make millions of dollars and I think it's great to show things can go wrong and there there are you know times where it doesn't work out perfectly so in total how many acquisitions have you done
0: me personally four or five but I've assisted on so what happened with me was I was just doing this to feed my family you know Mm. I was in Mexico I better figure out what to do. No one was offering me six figure yeah. jobs. It was right. like, well, I guess I better figure something out myself, you yeah. know? So I was, from when I worked at the bank, I was just familiar with, you know, business acquisitions mm-hmm. and SBA, although I'm much more familiar now. Um, <laughs> yeah. At first it was a little difficult. I, I don't know. I don't want to say it. I overpaid for the business Okay, and who knows how or where, but, you know, fortunately for me it was a business that grew so fast after about a year it didn't matter Mm. so the first year was a little difficult because we overpaid for things but after that it didn't matter we're making great money and it was growing and you know everything was good and so uh my brother he owned a hotel and but it wasn't it wasn't cash flowing that great so he had this great asset but he wasn't really making money Mm -hmm. and so i was like hey why don't you come get into the FedEx business, is making money. You know, I went, my, my ex-wife uh, was from Ecuador. We went, I went to Ecuador for like six weeks. And it's like, I'm making this money, living, going to Ecuador with my family. And he was like, okay, yeah, this is what I want to do. And so speaking of a bad deal, so he his hotel was in Georgia. And he actually, ironically enough, went on a, an LDS mission to North Carolina. And so there was a business for sale in North Carolina he figured he could kind of go back and forth at the hotel. And, and so the paperwork looked good. Like everything looked good. They, you know, the their taxes, everything. And I'd ask for what they call the DSW, which is daily service worksheet, which shows basically the drivers, how long they're on the road and how many stops they do and everything else. You can do like a back of the envelope with FedEx, mm-hmm. basically paper stop. And it's like a back of the envelope. You You divide the weekly settlement based on, how many stops you do because you really get paid by stops and pickups, and it gives you kind of a a, a range say it's three dollars and 12 cents and it doesn't fluctuate a lot it might go from 312 to 317 but it's not going to go from 312 to 4 see Mm -hmm. what i'm saying yeah and so we went out there and i'd asked previously for the dsw and they never gave it to me but he put me in contact with his like the guy that was ran his business so i say hey you know johnny whatever can i see your dsw So he shows me his DSW and I was dumbfounded because he was only doing like 70 stops a driver a day. And it was like, what? And so I was showing my brother, right? Yeah. And the funny part was we saw this driver that was doing like 200 stops on like thursdays and wednesdays or something and i was i said can you imagine being this driver coming in and doing 200 stops and everyone else is doing 70 how mad you would be (laughs) right yeah yeah it turns out the driver was the owner of the company oh so i called the broker and he was a good broker and i told him i said you shouldn't sell this business and my brother has no interest in buying it and he was like well their financials did you see their financials i said look buddy I don't know how they defrauded it but they are absolutely fraudulent misrepresentation because they aren't making money because I said because right, there's no there's no employment costs there if you go
1: and plug in a driver you you would need two or three drivers right if they were averaging 70 but really they should be cranking up to what 150 200 like well they
0: were rural so they should oh, okay. My stuff had a lot of commercial and rural so yeah. stuff in and, and, and far distances. So my stuff we averaged like 114 a driver mm-hmm. and we made more money per stop than them right So I knew like at, like he was making like 280 a stop. You know you do the math 280 yeah. times 70 yeah. you're not making any money <laughs> by the no. time you buy the trucks right. and pay the drivers yeah it was like so i told him where i and i kind of harassed the broker i was like dude i, I can't believe you put your name to this because he's right. like a, a reputable broker and so we started talking he's like well where would you what i said look i don't want to do this fly to north carolina and be in a situation i want to be able to help my brother if there's a situation you know so you need to find one close to pennsylvania or in pennsylvania so he just so happened to have one from Philly that was coming on. He said, okay, I'm, I'm working on one. I should have the information. I'll give, give, I'll give you first crack at it. And so he, uh, gave, gave us the information. Doug is the guy that manages my business and Doug made some calls, found out the seller had a good reputation, which was important. Yeah. And then uh, we went through the stuff, and, and and it and it went well. And then this is something that I think is important when you buy a business. So I told my brother, if you're serious, you need to go and learn the business. Mm-hmm. So he went for like six weeks, and he was we got him set up as a driver, and cool. he was delivering with my crew and learning the business. So when he bought, and he was able to do that before he because he was doing my business.
1: Ah, okay. Yeah, no that that's some great advice. I think a lot of people just just kind of ah, I could do that and jump right in and then go in and be like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Well, so, as you as you know, I mean, yeah. you've
0: you've probably worked with enough people that that uh, when they buy a business, that the in in my opinion, the strategy I have when I buy a business is the baton strategy. Mm-hmm. So basically. You're already buying a, a winning business. You already sat at the sidelines and you picked the winners, right? And so if you imagine a four way relay and you know what you're, you know, if you do a re- regular time, if the three people before you are kicking butt and you just do a regular time and don't drop the baton, you'll be okay. You'll win. Yeah. And that's the thing. And so you just don't drop the baton. Right. And so it's very tempting for people to come in and make a lot of changes. Mm-hmm. And unless you're a change expert, which most people buying a business for the first time, or not right it's in my opinion way too risky to come in and make changes and i've seen it in the fedex world where people come in and they make changes and they don't maintain the culture and the status quo and they're out of business in a year yeah because they like in in that business the drivers don't want to work for them there's always other
1: really hard to find good drivers yeah oh yeah and there's (laughs)
0: always someone else wanting to poach your drivers yeah exactly when i bought i had a contractor uh still like four of my drivers and there was nothing I could do about it. It was like, dude, come on. I just bought, you know? <laughs> so, um, but if you make a lot of change, you make wholesale changes, especially today in today's world with the um, employment situation, mm-hmm. uh, you you have to put up with stuff that you normally wouldn't want to put up with. You know, right. for instance, I'll give you an instance that we had some drivers stealing fuel from us. Oh my gosh. And um, as much as I wanted to fire them there, we couldn't. Because yeah, we had to bad. deliver packages the next day, <laughs> so we would basically say, "Hey, Johnny, we know you took our fuel, and you're going to pay it back." And uh, so then we, you know, you get better at monitoring it. Okay, you know the patterns, and, right, and you know right. we were able to put things where they couldn't get gas after like 4 p.m. and stuff like that. But it, you know, there's all <laughs> these yeah. kind of it's things. ridiculous. You have to do that. You yeah. can't. <laughs> just, you can't just fire. You'd be like, "This person's horrible." I'd like right. to get, but they're still doing a job for you, so the biggest thing would be not drop the baton, learn the business. So he learned the business. And so when he took over, he hit the ground running. And ironically enough, we weren't able to help him because we took on a, um, contingency contract. Mm -hmm. So they gave like the better contractors contingency work, which you get paid like extra a lot more to do the stops and everything. And so, and then, and then with, with, covid and everything we we grew really too big for our operational Mm -hmm. capabilities so we barely fulfilled the contingency contract it was like they weren't happy with us you know put it this way they didn't offer us another contingency (laughs) contract Um, and so we weren't able to help my brother in fact he actually sent some drivers to us (laughs) <laughs> a couple times well at least he learned for yeah. six weeks he would have been in big trouble <laughs> He learned, if he would have learned it. <laughs> and then yeah. he sorry buddy but that's how life is like right 100%. you think you think you got it wired you think someone's going to help you and then you're on the hook and you're alone yeah so yeah what does mike tyson say everybody
1: has a game plan to get punched in the mouth <laughs> yeah exactly exactly uh, but over. my brother's done very well yeah and so um yeah you know, well, I hopefully we can uh we can get him on your, sure his your uh, sister-in-law for the business we just did with her which was a really cool one so yeah all right so let's see so the one uh the deal we did together uh you bought a
0: restaurant mm-hmm. how'd you find that business because i've been absentee really i love this bus- you know mm-hmm. business acquisitions i love going through like my hobby is go through biz buy sell which is where you find most of them yeah and i go through and if it looks interesting, I'll send an NDA and yeah, you'd you'd like my job then. That's pretty much all I do all day <laughs> is look at deals.
1: I love it. Like it's funny because the brokers will say, "Well, could I send you my listing to take a look?" I'm like, "Yeah, like I don't know." It's like it's it's like a little uh, little discovery and it's it's fun, you know. You kind of get to see how things are going and you you probably enjoy messing with the brokers a little bit and asking them why they're selling it for that amount or you know sounds like you kind of did that a little in the FedEx space so
0: you get it well (laughs) some some of them what really bothers me is when my warning to anyone buying a business is you really have to look at the credibility of the broker Mm -hmm. and like anything else there's brokers that are very credible and take on very good businesses and and vet the businesses and there's brokers that the equivalent of just getting real estate listing and buyer beware, you know? It's almost like buying a car as Mm -hmm. is and buyer beware. So if I were new to the space, I would absolutely team up with a uh, well-respected broker, someone from one of the major uh, brokerages. Mm -hmm. So the business I bought was Protein Source. Mm -hmm. I was on Sunbelt, Las Vegas. I'm from Southern Utah. So Las Vegas was an area I was looking for. I knew I wanted to get out of the FedEx space, and as I was selling them, so I was kind of looking wherever. Uh, Alan Horowitz, mm-hmm. who is a consummate professional in the in the space, I was on his mailing list, and he sent a thing, and I, I thought this would be perfect. Protein Source is a healthy, fast, casual restaurant. I've learned a lot more about it since I bought it. <laughs> um, it's really crazy. There's two locations. Like we average about seven thousand dollars in sales a day, more or less. I mean. The weekends not as much, but but in general about fifty thousand uh, dollars a week between the two stores, and they're almost identical. Like one will be like three thousand five hundred in sales, and the other one will be like three thousand three hundred in sales. It's crazy wow. how they're yeah. that close. Like, That's cool. And um, and so protein source specifically, it it's a the, the the person that sold it to me, his name's Claude, and he's very very smart, and he was in the the fitness you know, I think he was a semi-professional athlete mm-hmm. and bodybuilding. I mean, he, like his a very fit gentleman. His like arms are bigger than my legs. Like he is one fit guy. And so I think for him, he owned other businesses and he did this as like a like a passion of love because mm-hmm. nobody had these kind of. He was making the mills, and so he put him by the first one was by the Las Vegas Athletic Club. Okay, and then the second one was by the EOS on Durango, mm. and basically. We do protein shakes and healthy protein-based meals, Mm -hmm. mostly meat-based, but we have vegetarian, vegan uh, options as well. We have really good vegetarian burgers and things like that. So it's basically what we have is a lot of repeat customers because our customers are in the fitness, healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So we don't get a lot of foot traffic from xyz regular you know so we get but our customers are regulars right so it bodes well for consistency
1: you good operations loyalty. Yeah. yeah you got the I signed the nda with alan look through the financials what would you like about the business right off the right off the bat
0: i like the financials i like the business model years ago when i was young when i was like 20 my father and his business partners owned 40% of Cafe Rio Mm -hmm. and I always kind of regretted that I didn't get involved with that yeah he ended up selling it and well uh, I think there's a a little bit of a funny story with that because I I remember
1: when I started talking to you I look at it I'm like so you've had FedEx like I don't see any restaurant stuff on here and and then we were kind of talking and then all of a sudden you said, well, yeah, my dad at Cafe Rio, you kind of just like brushed over. I said, Whoa, whoa, whoa back up. <laughs> like we need to talk about this. Yeah. And you said, Oh yeah, my, my dad like basically helped start Cafe Rio and he funded and, it. Yeah. yeah. We went through the whole thing and I said, okay, well, why did not you tell me that sooner? <laughs> There's some experience for you there. Then yeah. we kind of were able to dig into that and that really helped us out. So I think it was, it was kind of funny. I think maybe a lot of, a lot of buyers don't really realize their complete background. I think, people that have great business acumen like yourself, you know, you, you dealt with FedEx, a tough business to, to operate. You're, you're getting curveballs thrown at you left and right. So in your mind, you're like, I, I can run, you know, a two location, yeah. you know, restaurant, no problem. Yeah, but no problem. F- from somebody looking on the outside that doesn't know you, they go, well, you know how to dispatch trucks. That's the way they look at it, right? How <laughs> are you going to go run this restaurant? So I think it's a good idea for buyers to kind of Take a step back, do a little bit of the work, really explain to us and and to a lender or even to a seller, um, you know, this is my background and this is how the dots connect, um, and it just makes things a lot easier. So I thought it was funny when you you kind of said that, and I was like, wait a minute, okay,
0: let, now we could let's dig into that a little bit. So that helped us out. Yeah, but, um, yeah, no, and, and and so I regret it because I was at that age where I I could have, I'm sure been very assertive and be like okay i want to take on go do cafe rios yeah and i'm sure i would have been able to do that and i mean i don't know i'm sure they do a couple hundred million dollars in sales a year Mm -hmm. it's a it's a big franchise yeah yeah i wish they'd come out to texas yeah (laughs) yeah so i always and 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 my goal long-term goal would be with protein source would be to um franchise it and then sell it to a a, you know yeah a bigger company that Mm -hmm. You know the P from yeah, like he's a, basically sell it up. for like ten or fifteen X, you yeah. know. So yeah. that that's my goal. Sure, it'll happen eventually. Yeah, yeah. and so. you can go back to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've already done the Mexico retired life. Right. So, so I have I have a condo in Playa del Carmen that I go to, but nice. um and I and it, and I and I really love, but I really uh enjoy acquiring businesses, mm-hmm. and I enjoy helping people. uh So I'm you know I've helped a lot of people acquire businesses and that's like my passion because it's fun when if you do it right a business acquisition will help with the two biggest issues people normally have and one is income if you do it right you can make great income Mm -hmm. and the other is time Mm -hmm. so there was a gentleman i helped i lived in houston for a while and we my my ex-wife and i became great friends with this other couple and they were engineers and they had a you know a child, our son's age, and so we you know we'd go together and hang out, and, and he made great money. He was a you know graduate level engineer, and mm-hmm. and um, but he was working like sixty hours a week. Yeah, and he was like, I want Rob's gig because <laughs> y- you're always like, you can go Thursday afternoon, go do something with the kids. You don't even have to ask anybody. It's like yeah. you know. So so we got talking, and he wanted to buy a business and I was like at first I didn't think he was that serious I said okay well I found a broker for him in in Oklahoma he was from Oklahoma and I said okay we'll call a broker and I said but you have to understand like there's demand for these things like you have to one of the things that I think Jared that people don't know when they're buying a business is everything's a sales Mm -hmm. sales job you have to sell yourself as much as they sell you Right, you have to be able to demonstrate to them and convince them that you are the best purchaser for them, and the same thing with the finance side, mm-hmm. you know, because everything is do they do they trust your competence and right. And so I told them, I said, look, you need a there's a lot of demand for these. My recommendation is you take the broker out to lunch and you let them know you're you are the guy that you're an engineer. You're yeah. committed, I'm serious. You're yeah. serious, and he waited, you know, and then after the new year, I mean, he talked to him. This was like in, you know, whatever. It was during peak. So the broker said, okay, I'll be happy to talk to you, but let's wait till New Year's. And I had told him what I told him. And he and so he waited until the new year and he called the broker. And the broker broker was like, well, maybe next year I have like three buyers for every business that I have listed and I'm sorry. So my friend was like, oh my God, because he basically was like, quit his job because he was wanted to do this yeah new thing so I said okay that's fine I'll help you so he went to Pennsylvania and he worked with my business same thing for like a month and he actually like did some spreadsheets I didn't deal with it because I didn't do the day-to-day stuff but apparently my my management team loved when he came because he was like a very, very super smart guy. And he like modernized how we were doing some of the things oh, with some cool. spreadsheets and stuff like that. Yeah. And the FedEx world's small. And so I was friends with a, a independent service provider in, in Tampa and my friend, his wife is also an engineer and she w- was like a maritime engineer. Okay. So they always wanted to live in Tampa. So I called my friend and I said, look, I know you know who wants to sell. I have a friend and I basically sold him on my friend who's a very competent individual. Yeah. And I said, my friend wants to do this and he wants to get into the FedEx ground business. And wh-. so he said, let me talk. Let me find out. I, I, I think I know a couple people that might be open to selling. And so set the whole thing up. within like yeah. four months he owned, he was a proud owner of like 10 FedEx ground routes and, and he's been killing it. Cool. And I talked to him, I don't know, a couple months ago he's just so happy because basically he makes the same or more as when he was an engineer right but he told me he's working 15 hours a week wow versus 60 yeah and so if you if you buy a business right then and you buy a larger business Mm -hmm. then and and you do it right you can be semi-absentee and you'll have more control over your time right so those are the two big benefits uh i guess when people buy businesses, there's really two kinds. There's kinds that are bigger, and then there's kinds that are uh, owner, owner-operator, owner smaller businesses. Mm-hmm. And my ex-wife wanted to do a career, and she's very smart and had a graduate degree from a, a university in Italy, and, but she didn't really have any um, American work experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I found a UPS store for her, and she we you know she bought the ups store it was an owner operator Mm -hmm. and so the owner was working like 50 hours a week and made great money but it's owner operator and so i i told her i was like look let's buy this business and i'll help you hire a manager and work with the manager so you can be absentee but you have to learn the business so she bought the business and she ran it through the christmas and she hired a manager and, and, and she was able to basically have the manager work as if he he owned it, basically split the gap. and so in that situation she bought a business that was worth a certain thing and then by doing it the way she did it, it was worth so much more to her right Does that make sense? Yeah absolutely so so if I was to buy a new a business and I didn't it wasn't well capitalized mm-hmm. and it, you know you, the, the way to do it would be something like that. So in that, she bought the business for 300,000. Get appraised for five hundred thousand. We only had to put in thirty five thousand dollars because they did a second. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to talk about how the how that works, but
1: yeah, yeah, you could do so. The SBA requires a ten percent down payment. Um, now you can do it where it's split, and you can do five percent, or the seller can do up to five percent on a seller carry note. But the way the note has to read is that it is on complete standby which means essentially you will not have any interest accruing and there's no payments due until the SBA loan is paid off or essentially 10 years. So we'll, we'll allow for that as long as, uh, you know,
0: you still put in
1: 5% equity
0: yourself. So, so, I mean, we put in $35,000 and she made that the first like two and a half months. Yeah. It was, it was Christmas time, of course. Yeah. But, um, quite impressive you know so so that would be my recommendation for someone starting off if they're if they're not well capitalized mm-hmm. and they want to go that route is just pay your dues most people can can figure out or save thirty five thousand dollars if they really are committed to it mm-hmm. and then go do that
1: yeah we do that a lot for uh you know a good examples like a general manager buying the business from yeah. you know their current employer Uh, We love doing those deals because that person really knows how to run the business. Not much of an ownership change, um, you know, with, with all the issues that go on with that. But being that they've been the GM, they're probably not getting paid an enormous amount of money where they can have the ability to save two, three, $400,000 to be able to buy yeah. the business. So we end up working with them and, and those deals usually end up being great because they already know how to run the business. They just take over and yeah. back to, back to, you know, where it was before. So it makes sense. So yeah. So,
0: so there's a lot of ways to do a business, but so that's how I would do a, a, a if I didn't have a lot of capital. Um, and, and, and then, and then, um, a year later, like a year and a half later, she bought an educational learning facility mm-hmm. center. Uh, like tutoring center and it was a much bigger business mm-hmm. where i don't think if she would have gone to like your right. colleagues or you the, at first she's not going to for a million five loan right. but after she owned the ups tour for a year year and a half it was oh you're in a calm you you know yeah, you know what you're doing you know yeah. what you're doing and so in not a lot of time you could be pretty substantial pretty quickly right so my strategy would is be absentee so I'm an absentee owner. I mean, I'm here in Vegas, my restaurant's here, but I have a good management team. I stay on the polls. I mean, I go there to the restaurant and everything Mm -hmm. else, but like if you ask me anything about besides like the money, like ask me like how we make our food, I don't know. Like (laughs) I I know we have the menus and we do a good job. I check the reviews and the reviews keep, you know, overwhelmingly positive, things like that, you know. Um, But my focus is on, those kind of things and, and relationships with the key people. Mm -hmm. So I work with the key people and keep them happy. And I, and I do my best to be a good employer. And if, if I've found that if you take really good care of the people, they take care of you. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. So getting back to
1: the protein source, when you, uh, do you remember what it was listed for? Yeah, I think it was like two two okay something like that and then how, what did you do as far as
0: negotiations i bought it for two million even. Did did you have to go back and forth quite a bit or you know they... they were they were pretty so we, we we did the nda and we started talking mm-hmm. and i arranged to meet with alan and the seller mm-hmm. and i think a lot of times it's better people want to do this armchair quarterbacking you know from home and they don't want to you have to go see the business and see the right. seller. Like I did with my brother in North Carolina. We knew after going there, this is not the one for us where if we would have just, right, you know, and so, so I met with Claude and he's a great guy. I think he felt he had other people in play, but I think he felt that he and I shared the same kind of vision as far as, uh, franchising it down mm-hmm. the road and he will be my partner on any franchise deal. So because he's the one that really knows yeah. the nuts and bolts of the business.
1: So he ended up feeling more confident in you yeah. buying it. And you guys kind of had the same vision. So it made sense. So yeah. he was able to come down to $2 million. Yeah, So remember, and then you did a stock purchase. Yeah. Uh, Why did you choose to do a stock purchase?
0: It's just so much easier. I mean, most people like to do uh, yeah. asset purchase agreements. Yeah. I think it's cleaner for people because it's like, oh, well, you're not taking on any unknown risk. But the reality is, I mean, the stock purchase they ha- they sign something saying they're responsible for yeah their indemnity that, agreement. That- yeah, and
1: maybe it's good just to quickly go over kind of the difference. So, and I think we've covered it before, but it's always great. Um, the asset purchase, you're essentially uh, forming a new entity, buying all the assets from the seller's entity and transferring them. So, the idea mainly behind that is that the liability from the past entity is not going to transfer with the sale of the business um there's also a lot of you know tax reasons for that as well um and then with a stock purchase you're essentially buying the shares of the business from the seller and kind of just putting yourself right in there so um you you ended up doing choosing to do a stock purchase there are pros and
0: cons correct a lot of times i prefer a stock sale Mm -hmm. anyone i'm not really good at like filling out all the pay like i did with Red stuff for you like when like alan and claude would call me every day and be like did you get this in because they're like you know and i'm like alan stays on top of people like i gotta get (laughs) that document and this document (laughs) and that document man so that's not my thing and you know when you buy a business i did with fedex did an asset purchase agreement and um basically you have to go get new workers comp and you have to get new sales tax and not, not if I was to buy this, I'd have to get sales tax. You have to do all these things and jump through all these hoops where you buy the stock, start the payroll over. Exactly. It's like, okay. And then like when I bought the stock, I already had credit cards approved for $50,000 for the business. I didn't have to do any weird things. We just did a deal where he moved the money out. I moved the money in and it was cool, you know? So, um, and then a stock purchase, going back to maryland with the fedex business a stock purchase is going to help me tremendously in litigation Mm -hmm. because if it was an asset purchase agreement she could say well these are the assets but in a stock sale when she represented we were buying the business as it was constituted right even though she moved trucks it doesn't matter because we bought the stock and that was part of the business when we negotiated it and bought it so she's got really no way around that where an asset purchase agreement it's it's more buyer beware you know so for me a stock purchase agreement is is really the way to go yeah i think obviously every deal is a little different and Um, every person's different correct
1: yeah you probably also felt confident in the seller that he wasn't uh, he, he hadn't done something in the past that is going to come back to get you. And, and yeah, typically you'll sign a indemnity agreement. Um, you know, we're obviously not attorneys. Um, but you know, there's, there's some stuff to, to dig in there. So, so you did the stock purchase. Uh, we included, I think it was about 170,000 yeah. in working capital. Uh, you put 10% down. It's pretty easy for us. I think, uh, I think I went back and looked and I want to say, from the time we had got what we needed to the time we approved you was like maybe seven, eight days or something like that. And then yeah. kind of worked on from there getting on the closing. Do you remember any challenges at all on the closing? Um, like, was there anything that like I, I couldn't remember exactly, but I, I think if I remember right, there was something with the lease agreements that we were trying to, to figure out, unless I'm just getting my deals mixed up, which which happens from time to time. Yeah.
0: Um... <laughs> Yeah, there was some weird thing on the lease and and there was, we did the 170 working capital, but we had a, he had like a, to pay off like a a water, like a, like a walk-in cooler. And so it was, ended up like 150, which was fine. Um, Right. But uh, no, there, I mean, you were great to work with. First Internet Bank was great to work with. Thank you. You know, we had a closing at six o'clock or whatever on like a thursday night and claude was blowing up my phone at like five o'clock making sure i was gonna be there it's like (laughs) dude come on man like i've already wired all my money yeah (laughs) of course i'm gonna be there oh that's funny yeah yeah cool well i'm glad we got it done so oh and and also like on on stock sale i didn't mean to interrupt you but also on stock sale so for like with the restaurant Mm -hmm. like u.s foods restaurant depot oh yeah i didn't have to go do all this stuff for like new accounts or yeah, anything renegotiate else. You like negotiate all your. And that your makes terms a big difference. Everything. It yeah. makes it faster and easier. Yeah, we
1: usually recommend stock sales for anybody that has to deal with uh, government contracting. Mm. Um, I've had several deals where I've told them, hey, you need to really look into doing a stock purchase because getting reapproved to even just collect the payable from them is, is a big task and they're like no i'll be fine and then they're calling me 90 days after going i'm out of money because i haven't received any of the funds yet and i'm like i tried to tell you <laughs> you know so yeah there's there's definitely some good good pros yeah. to to doing the stock purchase so so yeah so since you bought it everything's everything's going well how are you oh, i love how it how are you I lo- I love it. good
0: it's been a great business and everything has been as advertised cool claude was uh, great he still helps me um he owns a like a construction company mm-hmm. and so he does think, like the other day we had a problem with with uh, our commercial doors and he's really great to fix them immediately yeah. like awesome cool it's yeah we have we have hear. a good management team we have a, a manager in each store and we have a lady that handles the front of the house and all the administrative stuff and and cool. and so we we do a great job. They do a great job. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. So you didn't, you didn't drop the baton. I did not drop <laughs> the baton. Good. So cool. So
1: man, we covered a lot. Um, yeah. If you could think of like one, maybe a piece of advice you didn't cover at all. Is there anything that you would throw out there?
0: Yeah. I would say the most important is to be adaptable mm. because you go into a business, you want to educate yourself, the industry, the business, But, you know, like you're mentioned about Mike Tyson getting, you know, until you get punched, until you've seen the curveball, you've never seen the curveball, you know, so you have to be adaptable and be able to adjust to the things that are different than you thought or things that come up. And as long as you're adaptable and you work hard, you know, buying a business, in my opinion, is one of the best ways to be able to create the lifestyle you want to
1: have. Yeah, uh, that's great. So, I always ask ask two questions at the end. So, first one is, do you have a mentor? Have you ever had a mentor?
0: No, no. And I've mentored a lot of people. Okay. So, I think that's the the thing is, you know, the, be what you needed. Mm-hmm. And so, I, uh, cool. I I I very much wish I had a mentor. Yeah. But I didn't have a mentor. Everything was self-taught i mean my father is a business mentor in general right and i've had people i've i've been associated with that are good business people but as far as a buying a business acquiring a business any of those things nobody no I, i'm self-taught mm-hmm. and then teaching other people and helping other people increase that skill set drastically that's great yeah so, so giving back uh it's helping you
1: in the long run as
0: well so oh absolutely cool. yeah
1: all right, final question. Obviously, you've been successful. What, what motivates you? What makes you want to keep doing this and, and be successful?
0: I, I like to, to mentor people. I like to buy businesses. I'm, I'm, I try to be a good employer. Mm-hmm. And so I think that makes a difference. Um, you know, if you're a good employer, it, it, it just makes a difference in people's lives. Uh, they know that they can count on you. If something happens, okay, I'll give you a short term loan or whatever else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, I do bonuses. For my management team and they don't they're not expecting it and it's boom oh wow thank you so much you know yeah and so as far as the mentoring and 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 that i just love to see like my friend who was working 60 hours a week working 15 and just how happy he is because he's able to spend time with his family and you know things like that and so so so
1: sharing the well sharing the information motivates you to get yourself in that position so you can do it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And,
0: and there's enough for everybody. Right. You know, there's so many, as you, you would know, you see so many good opportunities. You can't, one person can't take them all. So it's, right. it's good for people I care about. I mean, I've been helping friends and family mm-hmm. and you know, there's, there's enough for everybody to go around, you know? Yeah. So great, man. This was a, a lot
1: of great information to unpack. I really appreciate your time and hopefully you'll keep going and buy a couple more and we'll keep working together. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. We'd like like that very much. Great. Appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening. We hope you found this podcast informative and helpful. Please don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. For more information, or if you'd like to discuss a transaction, please go to www.jaredwjohnson.com.